It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off today. And Greg Mackling, I feel like I've been released from my cage or something. I've been working in the 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 solitary sanctitude, sanctity of our studio at 201 Portage for a couple of years now by myself in that room and here we are on location at the manitoba open at southwood golf and country club i can reach across and give you a fist bump from where i'm sitting right now which is unusual as well and of course southwood golf and country club in the very south end of the city of winnipeg and st norbert and uh, the weather not exactly what organizers were hoping for today but as you know uh, golf is all about playing the hand you're dealt brett that's right that's right Uh, typically if of course if it's raining and it's not waterlogged, then they'll play. I know that they're out there right now assessing the situation uh, because uh, Engineer Mike, he got here around 4 o'clock, um, and he said that uh, it was kind of quiet as he was driving in, and just as he got to the gate, the skies opened up on him and dumped a whole bunch of water. Yeah, so. 3.30, you and I were texting with one another, and I said, oh boy, there's a storm a-brewing in North Gildonan, the thunder, the lightning, the wind, and then eventually we got the rain, and it wasn't raining too heavily on the way in, but we've already heard from one of our very loyal listeners, Jeff, who tells us uh, at his homestead, he had what, how many millimeters of rain in that little downburst? 32 millimeters in the wow. Waverly Heights estate. Wow. So that's that's not an insignificant amount of rain whatsoever. Um, you know, <laughs> I think we're done with the rain for now. Although on Monday, people were suggesting, hey, this was good stuff. Uh, we actually needed the rain in certain parts of Manitoba. So... How do you feel about it? 204-780-6868. Are you done with it or keep it coming? So today we are going to be broadcasting all day here at Southwood Golf and Country Club. We're on location all day and we're going to hear from a variety of people who are involved in the Manitoba Open and of course True North Youth Foundation for whom this event is supporting. Uh, at 835, for example, we're going to speak to the official scorekeeper of the Manitoba Open. He's worked PGA Tour events around the world, so we're going to meet some interesting people and uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, like, I'm really spooked by the fact that I can actually look right at you across <laughs> I've been used to looking at you in a monitor, or when you were working at home, I couldn't see you at all. So, engineer extraordinaire totally... Mike Gisson is here with us this morning. Uh, maybe he could set us up a couple of cameras and and monitors so that we could uh, we could uh, do things old school if you'd prefer, Brett. <laughs> Um, so lots to talk about on the Manitoba Open as well. At 7.05, we'll get more details on this from Marnie Blunt. But exciting news yesterday from WestJet as it pertains for a flight out of YWG. Yeah, down to LAX. And that's a popular destination for many Manitobans to head to Southern California, yours truly included. But it's probably a bigger deal, Brett, for the movie-making industry in Manitoba. That direct connection is something they've been hoping for for years in this province, in this part of the world. That ability to go direct to Los Angeles is a big deal. Three times a week, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. or will be the flights on WestJet. We've already had direct flights to Palm Springs that 
are full on a regular basis uh, with WestJet, with the number of Manitobans that own property in Palm Springs and like to vacation in that part of the world. I think it'll be an incredibly popular route for folks because not only, you know, Southern California, but L.A. is a gateway to a lot of other things as well, including Hawaii to Mexico. So I I think it's going to be a lucrative route for WestJet, and I know there's a lot of people very excited about this. So more on that at 7.05 and... And at 7.45, we're going to touch a bit more on this, but the, the, the controversy, the consternation over the Burger Week, the announcement, the headline on this is that it is, uh, they're going all plant-based, all vegan, and immediately I saw all kinds of furor on social media, but then buried deep within their frequently asked questions on their website, it's... What do you what do you mean by a plant based edition of La Burger Week? And they're like, well, it's it's the theme. It's not a requirement. But to me, when you see the headline, uh, and this is on the news release, Canada's favorite burger festival, La Burger Week, is back again, and this time it's going plant based for two weeks. Right away, a whole bunch of people are going to say plant based. And look, I personally have no problem with plant based stuff. But if I want a burger, I want a burger. And if I see that headline, I think, well, I guess I'm not doing the burger week this year. Well, I think this is a case of marketing 101 gone sideways, Brett, because so many of us read the headline. They get the gist of the story from the headline, and then they decide if they're going to read anything else. And for me, you know me well enough to go, oh, plant-based? Goodbye. (laughs) I don't need to read anything else. And so when you've got that caveat buried so deeply in your, in your release, it's probably not the best thing. And this, let's face it, this uh, La Burger Week is an incredibly popular event in these parts. I think you pointed out this morning when we were chit chatting about this, it's quite possible that Winnipeg has as many participating restaurants as the rest of Canada combined and we've spoken to so many restaurants participants over the years they have to hire extra people their days start in the middle of the night they're compatriots of ours as they work in the middle of the night to to get things ready for incredibly busy days so uh yeah we can talk about this as we make our way through the morning for sure and you can feel free to weigh in at 204-780-6868 now It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off for the next couple of days. We are broadcasting live from the Centreport Canada Rail Park Manitoba Open at Southwood Golf and Country Club. We're going to meet our first Open-related guest in a moment. But before that, Mackling, we were talking last half hour about the frogs. Because a couple of days ago, one of our listeners says, Hey, what you know, guys know anything about the frogs on the road? Thousands of frogs on Highway 6 on the way from Lundar all the way into Winnipeg, and people were telling us frog infestation of frogs, and one person pointed out frogs in their pool. Tim. Yes. What did he say this morning? Tim said that he's done with uh, the rain. I asked how everybody was feeling about the rain. He says, look, last year we had a nice break from grass cutting. Just cut the grass on Monday, probably cut it again tomorrow, and these damn frogs every day. I'm pulling 50 frogs out of my swimming pool, and he brought visual evidence to the text line at 204-780-6868. But another one of our listeners says, hey, 
Hold the phone, Tim. Enjoy, enjoy some of the benefits of having frogs in your pool and in your backyard. Listener Kristen, who always has all kinds of creative solutions for animal situations, Kristen says, tell Tim to buy a frog ramp and enjoy the free insect control. It's just this little inflatable, I don't know, tube that sits in the pool. It has a little ramp that the frog can use to climb out of the pool. And I guess, well, if the frogs are there, then they'll take care of all the bugs around the way. So. There you go. Oh, it's like a fish ladder for frogs. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. It's kind of cool. And, uh, Kristen, we always appreciate you thinking about the little critters that we see as pests. They are definitely uh, Kristen's friends, as is she to us. 204-780-6868. Frogs, insects, golf, whatever you want to talk about this morning. Our next, Our first guest here actually has a, a rather distinguished honor. This is the first person we've spoken to in person since the before times. Well, isn't that fascinating? I'm going to write this down. <laughs> Mike Harp- Hartfixen has worked for PGA Tour Canada since 2017 and is the manager of tour operations. Mike, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So first of all, you're, uh, you work for PGA Tour Canada, so you're all over the place. Where is your home base? Uh, actually, not too far, uh, if you want to call it far, uh, eight hours down the road in Thunder Bay. Thunder Bay. So far, yeah. And I see you're a former college hockey player. Yeah, yeah. I tried to drag out the hockey thing as long as I could, but eventually that died out. And um, yeah, now we're on to better things, I think, so it's good. What is it with hockey players and golf? Mark Scheifele is going to be here. Uh, we've seen on some of these pro-ams. Yeah, Tony Romo is a, an excellent golfer uh, in terms of uh, former professional athletes. Uh, but I think Dan Quinn, the former hockey player, Pittsburgh Penguin, ruled that tour for a long, long time. What is it about hockey and golf that, that allows them to mesh so well for, for a great number of hockey players? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think just the downtime you get with hockey especially at that level i think uh, golf's a perfect uh, kind of escape for them and just from what i hear on guys playing on the nhl and all that they they obviously get the hookups at the nice clubs and yeah they uh, i'm sure they're out there quite a bit so so when it comes to what you do as the manager of tour operations i i'm like because this is a huge event just to do it once but you do this every week every week yeah we're kind of a traveling circus um trying to set up not not as quite uh, as big as what you see out here this is probably our best best setup uh, around 18 and around 17 uh throughout the year so far but uh yeah we we have a trailer full of infrastructure and uh we try to set it up and make it look it's uh as close to the uh the next level as possible uh corn ferry and pga tour and make these guys feel like they're playing uh, inside the ropes and uh yeah kind of on the big stage well when i turned into southwood this morning it was still dark lightning uh maybe added to the ambiance but you could see the giant flags as you're as you're making your way down the majestic lane here to get to the get to the uh main clubhouse but you know they've got the big stage here you've got a couple big tents and my first thought was this feels really big time i've not ever been to a pga event but this feels like it's doing its best to mimic what you see on tv what you see with the pga tour fair to say fair, absolutely yeah this 18 uh 18 grandstand looks amazing and uh the folks at southwood did a great job getting it ready and uh yeah besides the weather it's going to be a great week uh we're off to a rough start here but uh, we usually catch up and it's going to be good i think a lot of people should come out and watch and like you guys said these guys will be on the big uh tour in a couple of years and on tv so Get to see him first here. So when it, 
with a golf tournament, you know, for when people think of a golf tournament, they just think, okay, the golfers just come out and they play and people might sit and watch and enjoy. But do you ever get to relax? Because you're probably behind the scenes. I would imagine you're constantly wrangling something. Yeah, that's the thing. You don't even, at the end of the week, you don't even know who really won because you're just trying to keep up with the next thing. And there's always something uh, that's coming up next uh, logistically or planning for next week already. We got our other trailer already traveling. Uh, He made it across the border to Minnesota for our next week's event. So kind of just making sure he's set up there and uh, really just, yeah, thinking about the next thing. You're not really (laughs) paying attention as much as uh, maybe you should to the the scores and the players, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, we see these players every week and we know where they stand. And yeah, they're great guys; they're all good. It's uh, fascinating to imagine that you know you, you've got the PGA Tour jacket on, and and so because of your job, you would imagine you'd be on top of certain things as much or more than the next guy or the average fan. But the truth of the matter is, the average fan probably uh, has a lot more things dialed in and is on top of uh, what's going on on the tour versus versus uh, you who's working right in the middle of it. It's kind of odd. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know, behind the scenes you're just, you know, we got so many volunteers, we rely on volunteers uh, every week we go to, and so it's just making sure they're, they're having a good time. And, uh, yeah, like, and that's the beauty of uh, coming to places like this where it's like, uh, volunteers are always the best people and you, you just get to know so many good stories across Canada and you're like more connected with them than the players sometimes and but the players obviously they're we're, we're with them all the way and we're, we're doing all we can to help them and yeah heart fixing yeah Icelandic uh Norwegian Norwegian yeah, my dad's side's uh uh yeah there's quite a big population of Norwegian and Finlanders and Thunder Bay so oh really yeah okay have you ever been to Norway no no I have not is that on your bucket list uh, we'll see. see the homeland. Yeah, we'll see. I'm sure there's some courses over there. Yeah. Oh, he's already thinking about the <laughs> golf course. Yeah, it's yeah. always got to be golf centric. Yeah. We we're going to talk a little bit later about what's going on in the 17th hole, trying to mimic uh, what happens in Phoenix, uh, the 16th hole there. But have you got a, a favorite golf course that you've played? One that that will uh, drool over and and have us uh, bowing down to you in envy? Uh, just. Well, it was a while ago. Our headquarters are in uh, Ponte Vedra, there where they have the players, and uh, so I've seen like the island green there, and that's. Uh, but yeah, definitely lots on my bucket list still to check off. But have you played that hole? Yes, yeah, we played. And played how'd it, it go? Not good. I think I threw three in the drink and end up with a nine at the end of it. So it's it's not as uh, easy as it looks. Yeah. Were you with Ryan Hart? <laughs> no, but I do know him. I've, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a huge connection here, obviously. And yes. Yeah, he's. Uh, He's instrumental in the players, obviously, and now he's got the President's Cup to work on, but he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winnipegger Ryan Hart, yeah, who, yeah. you know, takes a lot of credit for re-elevating the, uh, the stature of the Manitoba Open here, working for the PGA down in Florida, Brett. Mike Hartvickson, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to meet you, and I hope after this, once this rain moves, hopefully the rest of the weekend goes nice and smooth for you guys here. I'll appreciate you guys having me on, and yeah, should be a good week. Thanks. He is the manager of tour operations for PGA Tour Canada at the Manitoba Open, Southwood Golf and Country Club. CJOB will be broadcasting live from here right through until 6 p.m. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off today and tomorrow. We are broadcasting live at the Manitoba Open Southwood Golf and Country Club. And for many, golf is a form of therapy. Mm -hmm. Could also be a form of rage induction. (laughs) 
uh, really in the, in the like a thirty second span. Um, it's it's quite the roller coaster of emotions. But right now we want to find some just something to soothe because Mr. Mackling, you discovered something on Instagram or as I like to call it the Instantgram that uh, a was quite helpful and b uh, really put you in a zen. Yes, serenity now. I found some serenity in the driveway the day before yesterday. I discovered this Instagram uh, poster or account from Europe, and uh, the gentleman in the in the videos details cars. And so I like to clean my own car from time to time. Not all the time. I'm not obsessive about it. But I was watching these videos where he's taking a toothpick. And you know those crevices on your console? And you've got the cracks in between the transition from the plastic to the shifter and, and all the different displays. Well, he's taking a toothpick and he's cleaning the gunk out of it. You know, and I made the analogy with you, Brett. It was like uh, watching somebody clean their ears and, and, and get the wax out of it without cringing, wondering if they were going to rupture their eardrum. There was just something satisfying about seeing him get all that gunk out of there. And then he's taking the Q-tips to the different areas to get the dust and these, and these sponge brushes in the vents for the air conditioning and the heater. And anyway. I emulated a bunch of his techniques, and uh, Jackie's vehicle, the interior, looks brand new. I spent about two hours, and it was fantastic. It was very rewarding. You can just hear how relaxed he is. So let's go around the horn here. Let's start with uh, Cameron Poitras. Is there a task that you find therapeutic? I'm not falling for this. <laughs> well, if, if, if you're trying to get me to come and clean your car to prove you wrong, Cam, that reverse psychology no, will no, no. work on me every single time. When can no, I come? Sorry. sorry, Greg. I'm pleading the Fifth Amendment, a right against self-incrimination, Section 3. I'm not falling for this. What do you mean I'm you're not, not falling? Say, I'm not going to say I enjoy doing something and then have people oh. say oh cam you enjoy doing this well then maybe you should do it for the rest of your life <laughs> i'm not falling for it okay okay the fifth amendment a right against self-incrimination so basically uh, you don't want your that. wife to hear you say i like doing the dishes and then the dishes becomes your task henceforth until you uh, you're saying that i'm i'm you're saying that i'm not saying that i'm pleading the fifth amendment <laughs> you coward you're a coward. There must be there must be something that you like doing that gives you like if you enjoy doing it, then who cares? He's not going to bite. He's just not, not taking. He's a he's a Popeye's right. chicken sandwich, is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Poitras, that's fair. That's fair, and uh, you know what? I salute your stance on I'm, that. I'm just I'm I'm joking around. I am, but uh, I'm not falling for this. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Ron, what about you? I'll fall for it. I, I got no problem with this at all. Uh, I love just general house cleaning, the weekly uh, sweeping of the floors and vacuuming of the rugs and dusting and just tidying things up. It's uh, one of my favorite times of week. I guess my favorite time of week is right when I finish it because then you get to sit back and uh, you know just enjoy the nice, clean living space that you've made for yourself. And I like to do it on Thursday night so the place is clean for the weekend kind of thing. That's sort of my little life hack. Do your house cleaning Thursday night, don't have to do it on the weekend, get to enjoy a nice clean house on the weekend. Ah, that's fair. That's fair because I know a lot of people like to do the like the Sunday morning clean. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm always like, like, what are you wasting your Sunday for house cleaning? Do it on like a weeknight for goodness sake. 
Yeah, like especially while I'm while I'm trying to sleep, and then I feel guilty because I don't I'm not getting up to help, <laughs> and then I can't sleep. So it's like I sit there for two hours like trying to sleep, but I feel guilty. Yeah, um, and now I just don't. Now that I live by myself, I just don't ever clean. <laughs> LOL. Forte, what about you? I would have to say vacuuming, especially vacuuming like a shaggy carpet. Because you can make the lines. Oh, I knew he was going to go there. Oh, you can make the lines. And, you know, you go one way and the carpet gets darker. You go the other way. It gets lighter. So you can, you know, you, you can make it look really good. You can make it look really good and satisfying. And then you have the issue of walking on the carpet after, which it gets a little stressful. But <laughs> when you're actually doing it, it's I, I find it relaxing. Yeah. No, that's fair. And I, I now that I think of it, I, I remember when I had to sell my house, we had to repaint the deck. Um Basically because it was rotting, and so we just put on like three three layers of paint to make it look better. <laughs> I have no pr- sold the house already. Too bad. But um, I found that very rewarding until I realized I'd like painted myself off of the deck and couldn't get back into the house. So <laughs> I painted yourself into a corner. Yeah, I had to go around to the other door. <laughs> like, oh shoot, I didn't really think this through. Uh, so maybe that was karma coming to get me. Uh, our on-site uh, producer, Tyson, you want to hop on here? Do you have a therapeutic task? Oh, I, I'm addicted to just cracking my knuckles. I'll do. I'll crack a knuckle and then I'll like I'll try and crack it probably two minutes after. And of course, like every time I do it by my grandma, she goes. Oh, Tyson, you're going to get arthritis. <laughs> like, just let me live my life, Grandma. Just let, just let me crack my knuckles in peace. <laughs> I was going to suggest probably not annoying to the people around you at all. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I remember getting the same thing. Once I started cracking my knuckles, my mom was always on me. You're going to get arthritis. You're mm-hmm. going to get arthritis. I, I, have we proved that that is a fallacy, that that's an old wives' tale or urban legend with regards? Maybe we have to reach out to a chiropractor, a joint specialist on this. Yeah, I, I don't know, actually. Because I, I, I don't do it anymore, so I don't I don't have any pain in my knuckles. The pain is everywhere else, in my knee and my hips and my back. And You can't crack those as well. And when you hear <laughs> cracking, it's not therapeutic. It's usually a really bad sign. Forche, I'll send you a link to this guy on Instagram. He also has this funky brush where he puts the lines in the, in the floor mats of the car. So it alternates. It looks like the outfield of a Major League Baseball stadium. He does these oh, lines yeah. alternating. <laughs> It that's, looks that's, so that's what awesome. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off today. We are at the Manitoba Open at Southwood Golf and Country Club, a huge event on the PGA Tour Canada. Some of the best golfers in the world are here to play at Southwood. And for them, it might be a form of therapy. Greg Mackling revealed he found some car detailing dude on Instagram who showed him all kinds of crafty tricks to help him make his wife's automobile look as good as new are you going to do your car soon or what? yeah well i lived in that car for 18 days so i got a little bit of work to do <laughs> after after the road trip so yes uh that's on the agenda for the weekend brett okay so we're asking you now normally we ask you via text which we basically bribe you 
with prizes to tell us stories. <laughs> spill, spill the beans and we'll give you something. <laughs> we do have stuff to give away. We've got tickets for Gulliver Returns at Landmark Cinemas, a four-pack of uh, tickets and treats, a family four-pack, and we'll do that after 8 o'clock. And after 9 o'clock, we'll still give away our tickets for Celebrations Dinner Theaters, Ships Creek, but we're not going to base it on your texts. We can just feel free to weigh in if you'd like. And Henry, uh, with one that, um, well, Forte was talking about vacuuming the, the shaggy carpet to make it look like a baseball diamond. And uh, Henry's going to a different form of turf. I think I'm feeling uh, quite relaxed just reading Henry's text here. Nothing more satisfying than having your lawn looking like a golf green. Nice tie-in to where we are this morning. Very relaxing, driving around on the tractor with my headphones on, coffee or beer in the cup holder. Attaboy. Depending on what time of day it is, there's the qualifier. Do it twice. Second time to blow away the loose grass. After weed whacking, I sit back and enjoy my masterpiece. It was stressful to watch the grass grow up to the knees as the yard had standing water this spring. And uh, we took our pool out a couple of summers ago. Brett, I miss cleaning the pool. Do you? Yeah, it used to be my Saturday morning therapy with my tea and my headphones, much like Henry. Uh, the kids would never help me. That was fine by me. It was just some alone time. Me, Streetheart, Van Halen, and the pool. <laughs> you can continue to weigh in if you'd like at 204-780-6868. The therapeutic tasks that give you a moment of pause. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off for a couple of days. We are live on location at Southwood Golf and Country Club for the Centreport Canada Rail Park Manitoba Open, a PGA Tour Canada event, a premier PGA Tour Canada event. We heard it from the manager of tour operations at 635, Mike Hartpixson, who said that uh, he, you don't usually see setups like this on their events, so this is a big deal. And we're, look, we're not here to analyze the golf. It's not uh, We're not doing play-by-play. We're not here because of the golf, per se. This is a, just a huge event for our city, for our province. It's going to be a great event for True North Youth Foundation. And uh, it's just some of the best golfers in the world are going to be here for the next four days. Yeah. Uh, was it Tony Finau that you were mentioning, Tyson, that you'd seen golf in the Manitoba Open in the past? And there's something special. It's, it's like the Manitoba Moose of golf. This is the PGA who's going to... You know, uh, going to be the benefactor of this of this tournament in the fact that this is the next generation of PGA stars. So it's pretty special, I guess, when you see Tony Finau play on the tour now. Oh, totally! Like it to see that he's all of a sudden going like he's top ten, top fifteen in the FedEx rankings, and he comes from winning the Manitoba Open. It's a pretty cool, just a cool thing, and it brings people in too. Like you now, people are going to see like, hey. You could really see like that next generation of golf star coming coming through, and uh, they're going to try and start a little bit of a party here as well, Brett. And we'll tell you more about that in about a couple hours' time as we find out what's going to be happening on the seventeenth hole, mimicking something that goes on uh, elsewhere on the PGA Tour. So we're, it's Thursday. And in a moment, we are going to do what we usually do Thursdays just after seven thirty. But before that, I use the word controversy earlier as it pertains to Le Burger Week, and we'll get in more into that in our next segment. But producer Jeff Forte, who is holding down the fort back at 201 Portage, while Greg, myself, and Tyson are here on site alongside Engineer Mike. And uh, Forte, 
<laughs> had a bit of a case of the munchies, I guess, but now he's got a bit of a case of the smashies. Oh, yeah. Outraged. Outraged. I go to the vending machine and, you know, I, I pick up a bag of Miss Vicky's salt and vinegar. Delicious, by the way. And I look at the price and it's more expensive. They're charging us more in our vending machines and I am outraged. Okay, what was the price previously? A buck twenty-five for a bag of chips. What are we looking at now? A buck fifty. <gasps> Say it ain't so. I'm saying it's so. Well, that's like a twenty percent increase. But the, and it, it got, it's worse for the chocolate bars, isn't it? Yes, the chocolate bars were two dollars. Now they're two fifty. What? Yes. That seems for one two dollars and fifty cents for one chocolate bar. Like if you walk into a Seven Eleven or something, Mackling. And buy a Kit Kat. What does it cost there? I bought one just the other day. I bought a couple of chocolate bars. I don't remember because when I get in the zone and I've decided I want a chocolate bar and I want to buy one for you, yeah. I don't really pay attention to the price, except I have noticed fewer sale signs, like uh, promotions on the on the chocolate bars. So I don't know what it is usually in the store. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. If you consume chocolate bars on the regular, what's a normal price? At the 7-Eleven or the corner store these days, be interested to hear from you. So, so Jeff Forche has uh, inflation on the brain. <laughs> it's created a little bit of rage. Yes, and I like this. I like this side of Jeff. Well, the vending but machine it, also. Brett pointed out that if you use your debit card because you can swipe, which might or um, your chip, which my uh, whatever it is, your uh, whatever it's called, your tap, your tap. Thank you. Well, my tap stopped working, but uh, I, I've even, it costs you more to use debit in the machine. Luckily, my debit card is screwing up, so I can't tap it anymore, but. Uh, well, you know, it's a, it doesn't take your debit card. It takes your, your credit card. Yeah, well, I'm not going to use my credit card, but I will, uh, I, I, <laughs> I will use a $20 bill in it, so I've, I've uh, broken a 20 in it. And, and what does it give you? Does it give you any paperback? Nope. Gives you all loonies and toonies. <laughs> now, that's dedication to eating the junk food. I got to give you credit there, Jeff. Anyway, a real, really long sidebar there just to talk about inflation in a different way. And, and the things that get us upset, Brett McGarry, because you just never know what's going to set you off these days. Feel free to let us know at 204-780-6868 if the vending machine in your workplace is seeing similar inflation. Also, we're, we're being called here. Tony Finau says Paul is not a past champion of the Manitoba Open. He did play in the tournament, though, Tyson. Hey, that's I'll I'll, I'll eat that one. That one's my bad. <laughs> Do we have to break out a sword here <laughs> for, for you to fall on? <laughs> yeah. It's okay, Tyson. It's it's just a rookie uh, rookie uh, thing. We're just giving you a hard time. Thank you for that, uh, Paul. We appreciate you uh, clarifying that for us. All right. So it's Thursday, just after seven thirty, Mister Fortier. It's time for our small town salute. And yesterday, some exciting news from our friends at Global News. The federal and provincial governments are spending money on two sports and recreation infrastructure projects in Winnipeg and Loren McNabb's favorite place. <laughs> Nipawa. <laughs> That's right. So there's some funding going to the Max Bell Center, but we don't really want to talk about that. That's awesome for the University of Manitoba campus and, and for the ice plant there. But 
Part of the announcement is $550,000 being allocated toward the development of multi-use trails in Nipua. And Brett, we know from speaking to Nipua Mayor Blake McCutcheon in the past that this is something that's been a priority for Nipua already. They've got some great trails in and around the community, and they're going to be investing in even more. And now the provincial and federal government in, on board. And I've said this in the past, sometimes you have to pay for your freedom. My dad used to say that. You've got to just declare that you're doing this and you do it on your own and then guess what sometimes you get buy-in from those that eventually want to be your partners and i think that's what's happening here in nipawa they've declared it a priority for the community they put their money where their mouth is and now you've got more money coming into the community to make those systems even better so that's fantastic news for nipawa it's a i last year was my first time visiting nipawa and i just loved my time in Nipawa and my time in Minnedosa, and they both have spectacular golf courses, and maybe we'll just use that as a quick jump off since we're at a golf course, it, like Southwood Golf and Country Club in St. Norbert. As Greg said, as sidebar, when you drive through St. Norbert, all of the street, like we, we had to turn on Rue des Trappistes and then on Rue de les Ruines or whatever, and uh, but we call it St. Norbert. Yeah. It's like Portage Avenue, like yeah. the one French word all Americans know is Portage. <laughs> yeah. And then they come to Winnipeg, they see Portage Avenue. Yeah, no, sorry, it's Portage. And uh, St. Norbert is St. Norbert, <laughs> not St. Norbert. <laughs> so, but Southwood Golf and Country Club, uh, private course, but it's a, it's a great course. And we do have some great public courses in Winnipeg, but some of the best public golf courses are in small towns scattered across southern manitoba i mean i almost all of the golf that i play is exclusively outside of the perimeter highway i like to my home away from home is in LaSalle at kingswood i was just in um river oaks the other day which is uh just not too far down the LaSalle river it's off of waverly and uh bridges in starbuck is fantastic i recently played toulon which is in uh, awesome shape once again. Last year, of course, it was one of the, well, all the golf courses were dry, but uh, Toulon's always so green and lush, so it was really tough to see that. Um, and it's always nice to see it spring back to life. Granite Hills in Lac du Bonnie, have you been out to Granite Hills yet, Mackling? I haven't. It's on my list for this summer, but I don't know if I'm going to get around to it. Pinawa, of course, has a magnificent course, a yep. magnificent part of the country. And, of course, Pinawa just awarded uh, the most uh, fit the fittest community in Manitoba, yeah. and uh, they, they won that award and that recognition because it's one of those places in the province where it's very easy to be outdoors. You want to be outdoors. Yeah. Abs- deer absolutely everywhere around the community, and it's, it, it's like a world away in that part of the province. So, yeah, as you mentioned, just some wonderful golf courses throughout the province, and uh, they're the hallmark of many communities, and they really are the pride of others where they've just decided yeah we're going to have a golf course and everybody's going to pitch in and we're going to make it work i know i I shouldn't say i know i'm pretty sure that's how it works in cartwright where it's sort of a community effort to make sure that they have a golf course there yep and well i think that happens a lot i'm pretty i'm i'm not certain about this but i think in toulon it's the same thing a lot of local volunteers come help maintain that golf course and uh just so many spectacular courses falcon lake is a beautiful course i've never been out to clear lake 
I haven't played that course yet in the Riding Mountain region, but not too far down the road. I did play Minnedosa and Nipawa last year for the first time. They're fantastic. I just recently discovered a little nice little nine-hole course called Jerusalem, which isn't far from Steinbach. I mean, I could go on and on and Pleasant on. Pleasant Valley, Kal- Killarney yeah. did earlier this year. Uh, it, it really is a fantastic excuse to go out and see the rest of the province, and then you get the food that goes with it, and, of course, the hospitality. Uh, rural Manitoba, chock full of amazing personality, chock full of amazing hospitality. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Your favorite places just just to go and visit for the day or a couple of days around the province, golf-centric or otherwise. And uh, one more course, in case you missed it, when I was talking about my uh, annual golf trip, we went to Shiloh and Oak Island. And uh, Shiloh is a wonderful... the really well-kept golf course, uh, two hours outside of Winnipeg. Oak Island a little bit further, about three, three and a half hours. But it's uh, maybe one of the most – it might be the most unique golf course I've ever played, and it's beautiful. So I could – like I said, I could go on and on and on. But this is how I have explored southern Manitoba, and I, and I will go on and on and about it <laughs> forever until someone pulls this microphone out of my face. Well, 747, will that – change does that does that pause the conversation at least for now yep it does It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off for a couple of days. We are broadcasting live from the Manitoba Open at Southwood Golf and Country Club. And yesterday there was some news about one of, well, I think it's safe to say that this is the biggest of them all. Like we have so many food festivals now that run through the year. We've got Fried Chicken Fest and Pizza Week and Potato Week and Poutine Week and Veggie Fest and Vegan Factory. And I, I'm making things up at this point now. But there, there are so many of them. But the big one, the Mac Daddy, as it were, is the Burger Week. Yes, and it's one that's become extremely popular here in Winnipeg. Uh, we're under the impression that Winnipeg is sort of the king of the Burger Week. And I think we can back that up with some stats. But that's not what we want to talk about right now. We want to discuss the fact that in their release yesterday... Canada's favorite burger festival. This is the headline right underneath the Le Burger Week logo, Brett. Canada's favorite burger festival, Le Burger Week, is back again. And this time it's going plant-based for two weeks. So the immediate reaction when you see that headline is the whole thing is plant-based. And right away, my negativity towards that does not come from any sort of I have no negative feelings towards plant-based anything. If you're a vegetarian, if you're a vegan, it's great. I've tried the the plant-based patties that have sort of exploded in recent years, Beyond Meat, uh, the Impossible Burger. I remember being at Wahlburgers in Vegas in 2018, I think, and um, uh, the person I was with tried that burger uh, because they were vegetarian, and I took a bite. Couldn't tell oh, that it wasn't meat. Isn't that something? And so I have no problem with that because sure. a lot of people have the reaction like, well, if you're a vegetarian, why would you want to eat something that tastes like meat? Because a lot of them still miss the taste of meat. They switched to being a vegetarian for ethical reasons, for their, for what they believe, but not because they dislike meat. Um, so I have no problem with this stuff. And in La Burger Week, a lot of the restaurants will offer 
a vegetarian Many. or a and vegan. that's been going on almost since from the get-go, right, Brad? Yeah, so it's not like there is no choice, but when you see this headline, it, it says to me, the whole thing is plant-based, so so a lot of people are going to see that and say, well, that's it, I'm out. And the, it kind of defeats the purpose because these festivals are kind of meant to give restaurants a shot in the arm. Yes, so you have to really pour over the notes Mm -hmm. and the question's been asked on social media and now it's been answered but the answer is here if you look for it yeah and that's part of the problem of course uh they're asking you know are you game we're hoping to get chefs and restaurants to try something new or promote an existing option and to get people to try it out you don't have the obligation to have a plant-based burger for this edition but we do encourage you to stick to the theme and have fun with it so it's a theme. It's not a requirement. So a, a couple of problems with that. Um, I think what's going to end up happening now is participating restaurants are going to have to field all kinds of annoying phone calls from people asking, are you serving a real burger or, or a plant-based burger? So that's problem one. Problem two, they're going to have to work extra hard on their social media to promote that they're offering a regular burger versus the the vegan theme. And I just this just feels like a... It's either a, a completely blown marketing ploy or it's actually an ingenious marketing ploy because had this news release come out yesterday, we probably wouldn't be talking about it if it was just like, you know, bacon burger week. I mean, I like bacon burgers, but this is this kicked up a storm yesterday and I felt like we had to discuss it. Yeah, and so I wondered out loud with you this morning, either <laughs> this is a huge marketing faux pas or it's absolutely brilliant because now we're talking about this as you pointed out brett when maybe we wouldn't have been talking about it at all and another quick quick note as well it's a uh, two weeks again september 1st to the 14th which i know is also a problem for a lot of restaurants oh yes because on one hand it, it they'll be busy but a lot for a lot of them the i think some of them last year just said we're going only 10 days and then we're done because it's just too much it's too much burger week so uh, i'm sure you hear more about that again that's on from september first of the 14th and feel free to weigh in at 204-780-6868 it's mackling and mcgarry mcnab off for a couple of days we are at the manitoba open at southwood golf and country club cjob will be broadcasting live Right until 6 p.m., and in a moment we are going to meet somebody who works for an organization who is going to benefit greatly from the next four days. But before that, uh, we already spoke to, I feel like we're in a bit of a deja vu situation, Mackling. We spoke to see Clay Young, was it yesterday at, yes. at Higgins in Maine? Yeah, and he's back there this morning. Clay Young, Global News and CJOB. Clay, good morning. How are you? We're doing just fine. What's going on at Higgins and Maine this morning? Uh, maybe you should just uh, move there. Well, uh, the advantage of being on the 30th floor, you can see all kinds of things. Uh, we saw emergency vehicles, where the sirens, flashing lights. So we went down to check it out, and uh, Maine and Higgins uh, is again shut down. This time, it's a pickup truck, which has collided with a, a traffic light uh, structure. The, the traffic light uh, pole has been knocked right to uh, right onto Main Street. Traffic is backed up badly if you are going northbound Main towards Higgins. City police are now directing traffic onto Logan Avenue, uh, but it's a mess here. I, the, the 
front part of the, the pickup is crunched. I'm assuming that an ambulance has already come, uh, come and gone and taken the driver. But uh, avoid uh, northbound Maine and Higgins if at all possible. All right, 680 CJOB's Clay Young, thank you for that update, and uh, we'll keep you up to date if that situation as far as traffic improves. Justine will get you the latest when it comes in. But right now we want to say hello to a man who is the executive director of the organization benefiting from the Manitoba Open, which is in support of the True North Youth Foundation, Dwayne Green, is here with us. Good morning, Dwayne. How are you? Good morning, guys. Good, good. Yourselves? Good, good. So this uh, tournament, th- like this is, you know, obviously any any support that uh, an organization you're, like yours can get yeah. is will help, but this is a big event. Yeah, you know, this is uh, pretty remarkable for us to be able to uh, be involved in such a prestigious event here in Manitoba. And the really unique aspect of that, beyond the financial component, obviously, is that we're able to uh, bring kids out here to Southwood, and they we had 50 kids out here on Monday that got to learn how to golf, and then some of the golfers came to Camp Manitou and learned about uh, camp and also Project 11, our mental wellness uh, program. So that uh, you know th- those dual those dual benefits, I think, are, are pretty remarkable. The True North Youth Foundation, obviously an offshoot of the Winnipeg Jets and True North Sports and Entertainment. And one of the programs a lot of folks heard about from the get-go when the NHL came back to Winnipeg was the hockey camps. Yeah. And I, I was asking you off-air, Dwayne, about the idea of giving kids that might not otherwise have the opportunity to play hockey. Hockey is not as accessible yep. as it once was. Are you seeing some benefits? And not that it's necessarily the goal, but... Youngsters who've come through the program that are maybe maybe excelling and playing at a higher level that would have been a pipe dream for them four, five, six years ago. For sure. So our Winnipeg Jets Hockey Academy, we now have uh, over just over 750 kids total in the program, in our day program. And, and one of the offshoots that we've, we've uh, created uh, with that group is we had a cohort of kids that really wanted to actually play on a team. So we created uh, some hockey teams out of that. And we have, uh, last year we had seven teams. And as you, you know, you evolve and, and you give kids more opportunities and there's athletes all over the place, no matter where they live, no matter what their socioeconomic standing is. And hockey is often not accessible. But we have had, you know, we've got a young young lady, Christmas Johnson, who's, uh, who's playing in at St. Mary's, or pardon me, Balmoral Hall, and then Kiki uh, Prefontaine is playing at St. Mary's this coming year, and, and um, you know, we've got a couple other folks that are, a couple of other young boys that are trying out for some junior teams at their camps, uh, but that's not, I would, I would say that's really cool for us. Sure. But, <clears throat> you know, those 750 kids that are staying in school and hockey's been a motivator for them is, is kind of the drive for us, and to see those kids stay in the game you know our first year when we only had two teams our i think our boys team their first game they lost something like 24 to nothing all those kids are still playing our girls team scored two goals all year and they're all still playing so um you know you talk about uh just creating an environment where they feel welcomed and uh feel like they're really part of something has been really special now you attend as far as the kids go you talked about uh, the 50 kids that you brought out here are these kids who, in typical circumstances, would not have a golf club in their hands? Never, never. So it was really unique. You know, we had 50, it was actually of our Hockey Academy kids that we brought out. And, you know, some of the pros out here were able to put them through some, some different different stations. And, um, 
you know, interestingly enough, uh, they all found it, thought it was pretty cool. Um, broke a couple of clubs, <laughs> not on each other. So I want to clarify that, you know, ones where they just were swinging too hard and hit right in the ground and the club breaks, but you know, to, to introduce, uh, you know, a unique game like golf to these kids is, uh, is pretty special because it opens up their eyes to different possibilities that they otherwise would never have access to. So it's pretty, uh, you know, it's a pretty unique opportunity. Dwayne Green is the executive director of True North Youth Foundation, joining us here at Southwood Golf and Country Club, site of the Manitoba Open. And Project 11, so many people have heard of Project 11. We just got a minute or so here, Dwayne. But just talk about the, the, the way that the True North Youth Foundation supports Project 11 and just maybe that elevator pitch for those that for some reason haven't heard about it yet. What is it all about and, and why is it important to you personally and to the, the entire organization? Yeah, mental wellness is something that uh, we are all evolving in, I would say. And Project 11 is a 15-week program uh, developed by our foundation uh, for teachers to implement in their classrooms. It's 15 weeks long. And currently across the province, we've trained uh, over 4,000 teachers from grades K to 8. So it's in front of over 80,000 students. And, um, you know, so if, if, you're not ha- if it's not happening in your schools, talk to your teachers to look into it. And um, it's free. It's free for teachers. So uh, we're really excited about the impact that's been having. Dwayne Green, Executive Director, True North Youth Foundation, which the Manitoba Open is supporting for the next few days. Dwayne, thanks for popping by. We appreciate the visit. Thanks for having me, guys. We've now had, that's two. You're the, second, you're the second person we've spoken to since March of 2020 in an in-person environment. Really? On this show. Yeah, so it's pretty exciting, yeah, actually. Yeah, that's good. I it, it, it was joking with Greg. It's like, I, I feel weird. I'm actually looking at people yeah. while I talk to them again. So did thank you, you. Did you almost call him Dwayne Johnson? Because he could be. <laughs> no, did, no, I no. didn't call you Dwayne Johnson. No, 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 no. Did you almost? Because I almost did. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne's built like the rock. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <laughs> Mackling and McGarry McNabb is off today and tomorrow. Reminder that at cjob.com, our question of the day, which is brought to you by Credit Aid, struggling with debt, call 204-987-6890, creditaid.ca. And the question is, census data shows that 25% of Canadians speak a language that is different from our official languages. Do you speak something other than English or French at home? 83%, 84%, pardon me, say no, never. 10% say yes, yeah, sometimes, and 6% say yes, all the time. So cast your vote at cjob.com. But Mr. Mackling, where are we broadcasting from live? We are at the Southwood Golf and Country Club. We are at the Manitoba Open. Play was supposed to get underway earlier this morning. We are in a weather delay. I would think that most of our listeners would be surprised if that wasn't the case. The course is uh, still a little damp to uh, downplay the terminology a little bit. Uh, Wet in places, uh, standing water. So we're waiting uh, for an update as to when the players will get away. But it's an absolutely incredible facility. The golf course, if you've ever had the opportunity to play it, you know how outstanding it is. If you've never played it, let me tell you, it is one of the most unique, uh, one of the most fantastic tracks in the province. It's a, what, what do you call it? It's a link style, right, Brett? Yeah, I don't really, I never really understood. I love golf and I never really 
understood what that means, but maybe our next guest can explain that for us. But yeah, we had an opportunity to play here a few years ago in a Winnipeg Blue Bombers tournament, and I really enjoyed the track. And I was surprised by that because I like horses that are, they have trees, and this is wide open. But it's just a, such a fun and challenging golf course and it was of course it's in magnificent shape so it's a great place to host this wonderful event and our next guest has been all over the world uh because of golf his name is greg carlson he is the official scorekeeper this week a 20-year pga tour employee has worked on a variety of pga tour tournaments including the manitoba open greg welcome thanks for joining us yeah thanks for having me so i guess uh maybe we'll before we get into your role here, a Lynx course. You're a you're a, a professional in the golf industry. Can you describe what a Lynx course means to well, those who wonder? Yeah, a Lynx course is is kind of historically speaking, it's uh, the link of land that uh, usually is not arable for uh, growing crops, um, and so it's the link of land between basically the arable land and the ocean itself. Um, and so they're usually along the ocean, but the Lynx style golf course, what you guys are, you know, pertaining to out here is just the style of golf course that you get that kind of gives it a linksy feel. But the, the definition of a link golf course is usually between the, uh, the arable land and, and the non-arable land. That was a terrific geography lesson. Yeah. I had no idea that that was the situation so greg thank you for that and thank you for being with us this morning uh you've as brett men- mentioned been all over the world and and off the top of the show and even before we came on the air i couldn't help but but notice the professional the big league feel of things here and the setup here at southwood here on the pga tour canada we have a reputation i think for this event as being one of the one of the hallmarks one of the flagship events on this tour what is it that makes the, the manitoba open just that well i mean just looking out here at uh, the 18 green the the hospitality that's put up around the 18 green and just all the the signage and flags and everything else it, it, you you get the sense that it, it is a very big event uh this is probably the biggest uh structure setup i've seen for hospitality on, on the tour this season so uh yeah we're expecting uh, big crowds and a big week out here this week so you are the official scorekeeper this Correct. week yes so how how does that work because golf it's not like it's just one team playing another team you know there's a how many i don't know how many guys in the field but they've all got their own score so how what do you do so what, the way scoring works is is the players today will play in three sums off of two tees. Um, they exchange scorecards on the first and tenth hole, um, so they don't they, they keep their own score obviously, but they're also a marker for another person in the group. And uh, when they're done playing at the end of the round, they come to me. Uh, they, there's a designated room that they go to uh, where they sign the scorecards make sure that the scores are correct um, and they got to make sure that they sign it. The marker signs it and uh, we put it into the system. Um, there's walking scores out here, which are volunteers, which assist with, with the scoring system as well. And so when they come to me, you got to make sure that the walking scores got the scores correct. The, uh, the players have the scores correct. Their markers have the scores correct. They sign off, they get out. And that's what you see on site, uh, on, online, um, and on site is uh, what their final score is um, at the end of the day. Now it's not purposeful, I promise, but it's often difficult enough to keep track of my own score. 
on a certain <laughs> hole just because <laughs> the numbers get pretty high yeah. at times. And so I'm really only good at counting up to three or four. But the whole idea of the scorecard and the honor system, but there are checks and balances. There have been situations where players have signed incorrect scorecards and and it has led to not very good things for them. Yeah, that, that's correct. Um, you know, the smart players, uh, they'll they'll double check their scores. They'll ask me to read back their scores uh, to make sure that it's it's you know they verified it. Um, yeah, you just got to make sure that you have all the you know. T's cross and eyes eyes dotted and, and make sure that you got everything correct. Have you ever had to deliver some bad news to not, a player? Not no, not this year. Uh, you know there have been situations where uh, you know a player, you know, it, and it helps them in their favor sometimes. Is you know they they had a five down on their scorecard and they actually got a four and you and you just double check on certain holes. Sometimes the the volunteer walking score gets it correct and they got it wrong. Um, it, it is interesting because you have another person keeping your score right and so what happens is they're the other players so into their game that they're not always focused on what the other players shooting at all times so they're there you know once in a while you do get a correction in the uh in the scoring room but uh you know for the most part it, it you know you might get one or two corrections a week but if you catch it you know there's no issues i, I have i haven't had any issues this year but uh, there's been a couple close calls now, I understand uh, the pandemic kind of created some issues in terms of, you know, you were working with the uh, PGA Tour in China, right? And the, and the pandemic said hello, and uh, that kind of made some changes for you, yes? Yeah, so I was in China. Uh, I was a tournament director in China, PGA Tour Series China, from 2014 when we launched it uh, until – 2020 when when we had to cancel it um my last day in china we did a q school over there in in january 2020 and i left uh middle of january 2020 and then you know two weeks later is kind of when it all hit the pandemic has done some extraordinary things for the business side of golf and the popularity of golf because i know a lot of people it was waning a little bit. It's a it's a long drain on your day. It takes a long time to play 18 holes of golf. But in speaking to the, the golf pros here at different clubs here in Winnipeg and around Manitoba, they say that the pandemic has really allowed people to rediscover golf or discover it for the first time. So that might be the flip side of what we've been through through the last couple of years. Fair to say? Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. And even speaking for myself, you know, over the years, I wasn't getting any better at golf. I kind of, you know, kind of gave up the game a little bit. And then the pandemic hit and, uh, you know, not a lot to do, but you could play golf in the U.S. at the time. So uh, my friends and I started a, a golf league. You know, we played a best ball golf league and, uh, you know, started playing again. And, and I think that's, you know, kind of what it's like for a lot of people, you know, guys that kind of, Played golf for a little bit, gave it up, I think went back to the game, and I think people that never played golf, I think, picked it up as well. So it's been a huge boom for for the golf industry uh, with uh, the availability of being able to play, and and it's kind of carried over now where people enjoy the game and, and the golf courses are crowded. Well, now that we get to travel again, uh, I'm wondering, like, if for somebody who wants to take a golf vacation, um, say I want to head somewhere in the States. Is there a, a particular state that jumps out for you that, you know, that where you could go play golf where you, without spending a, an absolute fortune? 
Yeah, it depends on the time of the year you go, obviously. Uh, uh, Some friends of mine did a trip to uh, Arizona in uh, February. Uh, They said it was great. It it wasn't too expensive. Uh, That is kind of a high time there. Um, Myrtle Beach is another great place. Uh, That's uh, South Carolina? South Carolina. um, Florida during the wintertime. There's so many golf courses in in Florida that, yeah, if you do your homework, you can find – some uh, affordable golf courses, even in uh, the high time of the year. Just wondering if, uh, if it's time for me to book, because I've been meaning to book a vacation somewhere at some point. I got to the Myrtle Beach. I, I'm glad I mentioned it because I remember that being on my radar a long time ago. I've heard nothing but great things about that. Spot. Well, if you can't get to PEI, Brett, I know that's on your hit list too. Oh yeah, you ever <laughs> then, been to Prince Edward Island? I did. I was. We were there the, earlier this year. Uh, it was uh, an incredible place. I took the ferry over actually. It was a little difficult to get to, so I flew into Halifax, uh, took a car service over the ferry, and took the ferry over. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Did you get to play while you were there? No. No. I, oh, okay. Uh, I was all work. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Yeah, apparently, it's one of the Canada's premier golf destinations. Yeah. But this week, it's Manitoba. That's the premier destination. Greg Carlson is the official scorekeeper for the Manitoba Open on the PGA Tour Canada at Southwood Golf and Country Club. Greg, pleasure to meet you. Thanks for dropping by. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. And coming up at 9.35, Mr. Mackling, we're going to tell you how to turn one hole into a party. P-A-R hyphen T-E-E-E-E-E, <laughs> a party. <laughs> Talk about what's going on in the 17th hole. hole. We'll speak with Jeff Sparrow. He is the sponsor of that hole, and uh, he'll give us the lowdown on what they're doing in, in order to elicit what m- many might find to be an atypical response uh, to golf shots. And just by the way, i got to say thanks to Greg. There, There's a fly that has now decided it's going to hang around me. There was a fly that landed on Greg Carlson's face like 20 times. At and he, least. And he kept having to just gently swat it away. You could tell a little bit about his demeanor. It was just very, yeah, fly, just can you move along, please? <laughs> some of us some of us would have been ready to smash things after the experience Greg Carlson just had with the fly. Nope, not Greg. Yeah, thanks, guys. So just move on from the fly now. It's Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is off. We are broadcasting live from the Manitoba Open at the Southwood Golf and Country Club. CJOB will be here all day right through until 6 p.m. And in a moment, we want to tell you about something that has (laughs) kind of scared Greg a little bit as it pertains to what lies above. But before that, I guess what what lies further above than the rain. And uh, we're getting some more feedback on our text line as it pertains to that, GMAC. Yeah, atmosphere versus stratosphere and outer space here. Comparisons, Brett, here in the atmosphere. Rain, the order of the day. We've had Andy and Doug say, respectively, it's raining in St. Vitale, pouring in Transcona. Gary says, good morning, Brett and Greg. My home course to Steinbach Fly-In is closed today. Three inches of rain, and we were supposed to have our culinary rounds for our club championship, so we're behind the eight ball. And Daryl says, this is maybe some good news, Brett. Left the city this morning in thunderstorm and heavy rain. I'm now in the southwest corner of the province next to the U.S.-Saskatchewan border where the sun is shining. Skies cleared up around Wawanisa. So that coming from Daryl. But this has us also wanting to ask you all the rain this morning. We've heard some water in underpasses, etc., 
We want to know if you're dealing with something nobody wants to deal with at any time of the year. That's flooding. So if you have experienced some flooding in your basement, feel free to let us know at 204-780-6868. And if you experienced some earlier this week uh, in the the other st- like we had uh, Transcona got 114 millimeters of rain in that. I know my dad was saying a little bit of water sort of seeped in into the basement. So um, feel free to let us know at 204-780-6868. In the meantime... The headline at cbsnews.com reads, a cannibal... Should I do this like Clay Young? I feel like I need to... Yeah, I think this this, uh, this feels like it needs a Clay Young injection here. Okay. A cannibal solar ejection heading straight for Earth could bring northern lights as far south as Illinois and trigger power voltage issues. Sounds ominous. But is it? Let's find out what this means for our eyes to the distant sky. We say good morning to Scott Young, planetarium astronomer at the Manitoba Museum. Scott, good morning. Good morning, and that was an awesome clay imitation. (laughs) Thank you very much. Mayhem and chaos, Scott. Yeah, you know... It's, uh, it's probably not going to be that bad. However, um, you know, these solar storms, uh, we haven't had them for quite a while. And uh, the sun's activity is sort of building up right now over the next uh, few years in a sort of predictable cycle. And so, you know, satellite manufacturers and NASA and all those kinds of folks sort of have known that this is, this is an event that occurs. And back in the 80s, we had all sorts of problems with solar storms that that nobody was ready for. That was kind of like the kind of the Y2K moment for the the electrical grids and things like that because it was a very severe level of storm. This is, you know, well, the 80s were a long time ago, unfortunately, and uh, people have learned. So I'm not too worried about, you know, massive chaos or, or anything like that. I am excited, though, if we can see some really good northern lights. Okay. Well, can can you help us out on the terminology here? Because coronal mass ejection, uh, you know, that's one thing. But then it has the word cannibal preceding it. Doesn't yeah. seem to make it less than Scott. Yeah. You know. So uh, a coronal mass ejection is basically when the sun burps and you get a big bubble of solar material shot off into space, and that happens all the time. Um, and most of the time, it's not even aimed towards us, so we don't get the uh, we don't get the residue of the burp. But um, every so often, that burp is headed towards us, and that energy interacts with the Earth's magnetic field and can create uh, shortwave radio blackouts and can create the northern lights and uh, and things like that. So that's a fairly well known phenomenon. The cannibal thing is when you get a whole bunch of those coronal mass ejections. Um, in a row, and basically the later ones catch up to the earlier ones, so you're kind of getting an overlap, and the, the, the bigger ones are sort of eating the little ones as they reach the Earth. So essentially, instead of just one of these coronal mass ejections, there's about four of them that are all going to be hitting today. And so um, cannibal is perhaps a little more um, dramatic a word than I would have used, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the terminology. So we've got a really good um, solar storm that's going to happen today that's going to hit the Earth. And like I say, you're not going to notice any any issues. Um, it doesn't affect the voltage in the individual's house or things like that. It, it affects 
Um, you know, if you've got 2,000 kilometers of power lines stretching way up to northern Manitoba, you know, Manitoba Hydro has to worry about that kind of stuff, but you in your basement don't have to. Is this the kind of thing that could be seen somehow from from the planner, like if you had the, some sort of appropriate viewing device? Well, the uh, the material from these um, coronal mass ejections is visible in specialized solar telescopes. Um, there are a number of people in, in Winnipeg that have, um, you know, just backyard telescopes with special solar filters, so they can see the material of this. But it, it actually happens pretty slowly. Um, like the, the burp is sort of stretched out over several hours. And so an individual observer sort of just gets a snapshot of that. But luckily, there are these people all around the world, and we have the Internet. And there's even a satellite that sits up there and does nothing but stare at the sun with the same kind of filter. And so we, we get um, pretty much continuous coverage of what's going on on the sun right now. And so the satellite, um, the Discover satellite, is also in a position that when the material from the coronal mass ejection is on its way to Earth, it hits that satellite first, and we get about a 45-minute warning of, of okay, here's, here's where it's going to hit, uh, or, or when it's going to hit. So um, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of ways to sort of see this. The average person probably won't be able to just go out and do it, though. You need pretty specialized equipment, um, or you need to just look at satellite images on the Internet. But the upside, you say, maybe, Scott, is some enhanced northern lights. And, and so would that happen tonight? Would it happen over the next several days? Talk about when we might be able to see the benefit of this uh, geomagnetic storm, this coronal mass ejection. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's actually probably happening right now. We probably would have had a great view of northern lights last night if it wasn't um, thunderstorming all night. Um, and it'll probably get better today. We don't know exactly when that uh, thing will hit, but when it hits, probably for the next several hours, there's going to be enhanced northern lights. And not just for us here in Manitoba. I mean, you know, listeners out in Churchill get the northern lights all the time. Folks in Winnipeg are probably not unfamiliar with them. They happen occasionally, um, and that's increasing. But folks down in the United States, uh, I was talking to one of my friends who just moved from New Orleans up into the central U.S., and he thought he'd never have a chance to see northern lights. And so now he's basically he's cleared his night. And he's going to go somewhere he can see it. Outside the city lights is where you want to get your best view. So if it clears tonight... We'll have a great chance to see it, and there's usually sort of some residual activity for the next day or two. There's, uh, there's a number of these things sort of coming in, so even tomorrow night should be pretty good, although the northern lights have been building in activity. So even if you miss this, um, there's probably going to be more opportunities to see them, and uh, you probably, if you're interested, you probably want to get yourself on one of the, uh, the websites like spaceweather.com or or spaceweatherlive.com, or there's a Facebook group for, for Manitoba Aurora Watchers where you sort of get the, uh, the heads up saying, hey, tonight's a really good night. Drive outside of the city, get away from city lights, and, uh, and see what you can see. Scott Young with the Manitoba Museum and Planetarium. Always a pleasure. We love talking to you, Scott. Thank you so much for the access, as always. Anytime, guys. Talk to you soon. It is 9.15 with Mackling and McGarry from Southwood Golf Club. We're here for the Manitoba Open, the Southwood Golf Course and Country Club. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off for a couple of days. 
Broadcasting live from Southwood Golf and Country Club for the Manitoba Open, and indeed it is raining, and we're asking you at 204-780-6868 if you're dealing with any flooding at your home. Mike uh, points to big-time flooding in the St. Boniface Industrial Area, north side of Dougald, driveways, parking lots, underwater. But then, Greg, you pointed to Lori's text uh, to a place where you like to spend time with friends, Lester Beach. That's a different right. story. Yeah, Lori's saying that she's just uh, one hour north at Lester Beach haven't had a drop of rain. Lori lamenting the fact that we've had so much rain in the city of Winnipeg, including Transcona. She says we live in Transcona, so maybe we should head home and check it out. She ends her text message with a yikes and several exclamation marks. And Karen says, we live 13 kilometers north of Whitemouth. Four inches of rain in the rain gauge since Monday afternoon. No more rain, please. And they sent us a picture here. And they say, the middle left of the picture is a pond. The large body of water that you see is usually our yard. But uh, now it's a very swollen creek. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm with, I'm in the uh, I'm in on team no rain no more rain please let's get on with it so we can get these guys out onto this course at Southwood particularly so for those who come down here Mr Mackling can um, how did you say it earlier P A R T E E E party for the average golfer the odds of making a hole in one are twelve thousand five hundred to one. I have had a hole-in-one, by the way, just so you know. So I beat the odds there. For a pro, it is 2,500 to 1. They are rare to be sure. And this one is one of the most famous ever on the PGA Tour, February 1997 in Phoenix. And, of course, uh, we're going to find out that the clip isn't uh, attached to the story. Right, Jeff Forche? You're going to tell me that, aren't you? Zero clip. Zero clip. (laughs) Wonderful. And now my uh, computer's decided to act up. Okay, so anyway, I wanted to play for you the uh, Tiger Tiger Woods hole-in-one. It's one of the more famous holes-in-one in PGA history. It was his first in the PGA 25 years ago at the 16th hole. It's one of the most famous holes in golf for its party history. Like, it's on the list with the road hole at St. Andrews, Amen Corner at Augusta, 17th hole at TPC Sawgrass. I think it was Greg that said he had played uh, at TPC Sawgrass. One of our guests earlier this morning had the pleasure of playing there. Cypress Point, Monterey Peninsula, and 16th at TPC Scottsdale, home of the Phoenix Open. So um, I was going to say, you are part of the uh, hole-in-one club. <laughs> like, like Tiger Woods has just three in his PGA career, 20 overall. Wow, 20 holes in one overall. So that, that 16th hole, though, it's so famous for its party atmosphere. You might remember from earlier this year, even the announcers were laughing when uh, people, I think there was a hole in one and beers just came raining down <laughs> right. from the stands. And it was actually a joyous occasion. It's so unusual, I think because it's so unusual in golf, because golf is typically a quiet environment. But we want to tell you something that's happening at this course that is trying to go a similar route. That's right. Jeff Sparrow and his group at Castle Mortgage Group are doing their best to help the gallery at the Manitoba Open create a raucous atmosphere on the 17th hole here at Southwood. Jeff Sparrow joins us now. Jeff, good morning. 
Morning, guys. Thanks Are you in the hole in one club? You're a golfer. I am not in the hole in one. How club. long you been golfing? How I've been cool? golfing about thirty five years, and I've been close many times, but never really rocked one. one Have of you these witnessed days. one? Oh, witnessed lots of them. Yeah. Really? Just never for me. Uh, uh, now that rule about uh, whoever gets the hole in one. Having to buy a round of drinks. Yeah. Is, that, is that still a thing? Well, yeah, and it's worked out well for me. <laughs> Maybe you don't Because <laughs> I haven't had one, and I haven't had to buy anything. Well, isn't it – okay, for those who don't know, uh, I, I, and I learned this the hard way when I got it because my my friend said, okay, now you got to buy us a round of drinks. And I said, what? I, I get the hole-in-one, and I get punished? But is it not my understanding that it's not just the guys you're playing with, but the whole clubhouse? Oh, yeah. You, you get your hole-in-one, and, and anybody who's at the club that day, you have to buy them around. Okay. So is that something you would hold a friend to? Oh, most definitely. Really? <laughs> <laughs> They're not getting off easy. Because like, I would go bankrupt if I had to do that. I would, I would, I would actually probably fight my way out of that. Yeah. Like, like fists up. Let's yeah. Go. Well, I, I have seen it in the past where, get, where guys have gotten a hole in one and then sn- sneakily just <laughs> ran and left the property really fast before they had to get involved. Well, that's going to be my excuse henceforth. I'm not trying to hit the pin. Because I don't want to buy the the round. The, 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 the Manitoban in me won't allow me to get a hole-in-one. Anyway, we've digressed a little bit here. But the hole-in-one and the celebration, obviously inspired by uh, the atmosphere in Phoenix. It's been that way for at least 25 years, because that's uh, 25 years ago that Tiger Wood had his ace on 16. And for as exciting as Tiger's hole-in-one was period it was the fans it was the gallery their reaction to it that has made it this legendary moment so what do you what are you hoping to do here on the on the 17th here at southwood for the manitoba open at the castle party zone the castle party zone yeah what we're uh, what we're looking to do is uh, bring a little of that excitement to this local event as you know the cpga visits here every year been a great tournament for years coming but this is a little new twist on it and uh, the course looks great so what we did on that hole is we're, we're looking to have i think there's seating for about 300 people 350 people around the green and around the tee to give good vantage points for everything we've got uh, music being played by a local dj dad uh, company every uh, every day here throughout the entire weekend and uh, we've got some other little surprises for everybody on the whole so we're hoping that uh, you know we see a hole in one that would be incredible and and the uh, the whole party zone atmosphere over there on the 17th tournament hole is going to be something that's never been here before so we're trying to model it over you know phoenix and what happened at the canadian open in toronto right. with the rink hole and right yeah the go- how long is this particular golf hole I believe yesterday we were in the Pro-Am and the pros hitting from the back tees. I think it was about a 180-yard hole. Okay. Over water. And that's, so that's what they're going to be playing for predominantly for the weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so driver. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works, right? <laughs> uh, okay. So, Will, you mentioned some other little surprises. Um, like, What time can people who want to go to, like, do they have to buy specific tickets to for that hole or is it just your your attendance gets you in yep your general admittance tickets uh get you into the property where you can walk the entire course check it out if you've never been to southwood before it's quite a facility here and uh, that'll get you right onto our hole you can just wander up past the vip tents here on the 18th to the 17th and join us for a great time um anytime after 11 o'clock today and throughout the weekend so Jeff, let's just talk about golf uh, just for a moment here, and and why do you love the game? And 
I've had this discussion with my boys as I try and get them interested in playing a little bit more often, just the life skill that it is and why it is that life skill. It's been said you can learn more about a person than four hours on a golf course than, than you can doing just about anything else. Is, is that held true in your life? Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's an escape. Uh, you're out here for four or five hours playing. It's, as they say, it's a good walk ruined most mm -hmm. of the time. Yep. But it's also a, a, an ability to, again, escape the day-to-day -day and get involved with a group of guys or a group of ladies or whoever you're playing with and have a great time outside, which is important. And uh, it's the game you can never win. So you're always just fighting against your own best score and seeing if you can improve personally, uh, in addition to hopefully one of your, one of your buddies getting a hole-in-one and buying you rounds. <laughs> <laughs> and this course in particular as well, I think this is a real test. It could it could potentially be a real test depending on the weather because uh, it's wide open. So if there is any wind, that can that's really going to push these guys a little bit, right? Absolutely, yeah. The, the one thing about the Southwood uh, Golf Course since we got here in 2011 is how open it is. And there aren't a lot of trees other than just in your vision around the course. But when the wind kicks up, um, it, it could be a real test. The fairways here are very big. The green complexes are extremely large. But when the wind's blowing, it's tough to hit them. And uh, what we say out here at Southwood is when the wind's blowing, it's an honest wind because you're not hidden. You're not within the trees where you can't feel it until your ball gets above them. So you know exactly what it's doing every shot. So that'll help Ooh. the pros throughout their, throughout their uh, time here. That'll help. Okay, that'll help. And honest when I like that, yeah, because sometimes when you're when you're sort of in a little amphitheater of trees, you know it's windy, but you can't feel it down there. Exactly. And then you hit your ball up, and it either stops dead or it goes flying past. I like that. An honest wind. You ever it's heard an that? An honest wind. No, that's the first time I've heard that saying. I, I love golf for its camaraderie, for the ability to just to spend time with somebody, and uh, you know, find out how they are a little bit under pressure, how mm -hmm. honest they are on keeping their score, <laughs> and that sort of thing. So, from that point of view, it really is a, a life lifelong sport, and and the ability to to really uh, connect with people on a different level. Jeff. Thanks for connecting with us today. Shout out, you mentioned DJ Dad. Shout out to DJ Shout Dad to for DJ. connecting us today. Look forward to hearing him spin some tunes over the weekend. And, yeah, let's uh, let's hope for a couple of holes in one on the 17th hole this weekend as you uh, try and crank it up, Jeff. Absolutely. Look forward to seeing you all out there. Jeff Sparrow is part of the Castle Mortgage 17th hole party zone here at the Manitoba Open Southwood Golf and Country Club. And again, the Manitoba Open is in support of the True North Youth Foundation. And we are broadcasting live here all day right through until 6 p.m. And Mackling and I will be back tomorrow morning again. And we're hoping that we'll actually get to hang out outside tomorrow on the patio uh, because right now it's a little, just a little on the damp side out there right now. I so. might brave it if the beer was cold enough. Like if that was the stipulation, <laughs> the only way we could have a cold beer would be on the patio. I, I would put up with it. <laughs> well, T-minus, what, 13 minutes? I mean, we've, already, we've already been up since like 2 in the morning. So, Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, 5 o'clock for us. 